Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 16. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for she is good, for her steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those she redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town. Hungry and thirsty, their souls fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and she delivered them from their distress. She led them by a straight way until they reached an inhabited town. Let them thank the Lord for her steadfast love, for her wonderful works to humankind. For she satisfies the thirsty, and the hungry she fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in gloom, prisoners in misery and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God, and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Their hearts were bowed down with hard labor. They fell down with no one to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and she saved them from their distress. She brought them out of darkness and gloom and broke their bonds asunder. Let them thank the Lord for her steadfast love, for her wonderful works to humankind, for she shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Numbers chapter 20 verses 1 through 13. The Israelites, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh. Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation, so they gathered together against Moses and against Aaron. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we had died when our kindred died before the Lord. Why have you brought us, brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness for us to, and our livestock to die here? Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to bring us to this wretched place? This is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went away from the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting. They fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and your brother Aaron, and command the rock before their eyes to yield its water. Thus you shall bring water out of the rock for them. Thus you shall provide drink for the congregation and their livestock. So Moses took the staff from before the Lord, as he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Listen, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me to show my holiness before the eyes of the Israelites, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and by which he showed him his holiness. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 through 13. Now these things occurred as examples for us, so that we might not desire evil as they did. 
Do not become idolaters as some of them did. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. And do not complain, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example, and they were written down to instruct us on whom the ends of the ages have come. So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. So no testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But the testing he will also provide, but with the testing he will also provide the way out, so that you may be able to endure it. Good morning, and welcome to the fourth Tuesday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. Our readings this morning come to us from Psalm 107. Numbers 20 and 1 Corinthians 10. And before I get to the reading, I have to apologize this morning and uh, yesterday. I didn't make my cutoff of 8 o'clock. Part of that has to do with it's a combination of the time change and having small children. Um, there's one rule with uh, having kids, and that is do not wake them when they're asleep. So because of the time change, they've been quote-unquote sleeping in. Um and I can't record until after they're up and um, Laura's helping out. Um, and so that's why I've been a bit late this morning and yesterday. Um, uh, hopefully soon. Um, for a long time, listeners, you know that we've been living in a friend's basement um, because uh, we found lead in the house that we were about to move into or we did move into. But that should be coming to an end in a month and a half or so. Um, and in the meantime, there's, there's no real easy way for me to wake up early and, um, record without waking other people up. But hopefully once we get back into our own house, I'll be able to record, um, and, and be much better about making time. But in the meantime, uh, I'm got to make do with what I've got. Um, and this morning, the, the theme of water continues in numbers for the Old Testament reading. Um, and yesterday I talked about how, you know, this water is so easy to come by. And part of that is because of, you know, our, we, we live in a developed nation, um, and development comes at a cost. Um, it comes at the cost of having a, a large, um, active military ready to do violence on our behalf, um, either to intimidate other nations, to keep them from doing us harm, or to actually go off and get things, uh, or defend our principles. Um, and what we give up is sometimes, uh, for some people, um, not worth, uh, what we give up to, to get the things that we have. And for others, it very much is. And typically, uh, if you're poor, uh, there's a lot more that you're willing to give up in order to not be poor. Um, and so the Israelites, um, they are, you know, the epitome of what we call poor. Not only are they do they not have very many possessions, well, they do, I guess. They despoiled the Egyptians when they left. Um, so they have jewelry, they have um, some metal uh, instruments that they'll melt down, gold, silver. 
Um, but they're also homeless and wandering. Like they don't even get the the privilege of being homeless in you know a large city um, where you know they have some resources that they can kind of scavenge. They're living entirely off the land and entirely at the trust of God. Um, and they are uh, afraid of going thirsty. Um, and they'd rather be slaves in Egypt and know kind of day in and day out what they've got than be free and not have the things that they need, like water. Um, and so the um, uh, Moses and Aaron are instructed to bring forth water miraculously from the rock um, at the waters of Meribah. And there's, there's, they're told that because, um, uh, because they didn't trust God, um, that they will not uh, arrive at the promised land because they didn't trust God at some point. And I don't know if it's a reminder, but the, the typical story and it, it varies slightly between different books of the Bible, but the typical story is that they don't enter the promised land because they didn't trust that God would uh, fight alongside them in Canaan after the spies came back with a report about um, about what you know the promised land looked like. But here, because it's so closely related to the water, it seems to be implying um, that they did that they failed to trust something in in this episode that that God would provide water, that they're so quick to go back to what they had um, that they um, that they were ready to you know, kind of give up on God um, because they didn't have water and they thought that God wouldn't provide it. Um, and the, uh, the reading from Corinthians kind of skips over. Um, Paul is giving this kind of vague, meandering history of the Israelites to make a point. Um, and the only connection seems to be that the people sat down to eat and drink, and that's it. Everything, And then you get into like sexual immorality, putting Christ to the test, and being destroyed by the destroyer, which evokes Passover. Um, but the, the line that stood out to me is, so if you think you're standing, watch out that you don't fall. Um, and the reason that stuck out to me is um, the, the, the two kind of, extremes or whatever that I have in my mind when when I um, think about veterans in, in the church or on the one hand progressives or pacifists who think the military is all evil um, and who are anti-imperialist and everything else and then there are um, patriots conservatives <clears throat> who um, are client kind of like blindly loyal to the country like the my country right or wrong kind of thing um, and, um, I kind of go back and forth when I first got out of the military, I was much more suspicious of conservatives, um, who told me that, you know, the military is God's hand of judgment in the Middle East, that, um, you know, the mil that, um, the best place for Christians was in the military. Um, but in the last several years, as I spent time in, uh, formal theological training and, um, just because higher education in Christianity is is dominated by uh, progressive pacifists, um, I became much more suspicious and and kind of uh, well, yeah, uh, apprehensive about um, the the 
the kind of pacifist bent, um, which can lend itself to a kind of puritanicalism, where the military is all evil and um, anti-imperialism and and the rest is just kind of it it makes it more difficult to have constructive, fruitful conversations about what is really at stake. And so when I read, if you think you're standing, watch out that you don't fall. Um, self-righteousness, when I was coming up as a, as a kid in the church at youth group, like self-righteousness was um, kind of the one of the, the main things that was hammered home. I still think that it is one of the more important or more prevalent uh, sins or misconceptions, and it comes in all colors. Uh, I think part of there's a certain amount of self-righteousness in believing that we can do no wrong, that um, wars and other evils can be justified, and therefore we don't have to repent of them. But also I think the kind of the self-righteousness of, I'm, I never joined the military, thank God, I'm not like them, because the military is horrible and you know that's what's wrong with um, America. Um, and it just doesn't make sense anymore. We don't have a draft, so the people who are joining are doing so because the church isn't offering any kind of viable alternative. Um, I joined for college money. A, a lot of others joined for other economic reasons. And for the most part, the economy is still the most important driver. And what that tells you is um, the people who have not are the ones who are enlisting. Um, the, the military used to be a responsibility, or at least national service did. And now I've literally heard um, high-ranking military officials, congressional people saying that the military um, military service is a privilege. Um, and so the, the, the disconnect between these two poles in Christian thought, um, between uh, patriots and pacifists, as, as I call them just because I like alliteration, um, is the the gap is just incredibly it's even wider than just in the civilian world in general um but if you think you're standing watch out that you don't fall um if you think that you've got it right if you think that um you don't need to repent if you think that you are or if you thank god for not being like the others be careful that you don't fall um and be careful that you haven't already fallen um and be, make sure that you see um, clearly, um, where you stand before God and before one another. Um, because I don't know that we always do. Um, I don't know that um, these kind of caricatured extremes um, that I think are really operative and in play, um, they can, um, you know, instead of, instead of trying to be Christians, so often we try to not be the thing that we see is wrong when the other person, um, you know, trying to avoid being like them is not what Christianity is about. What Christianity is about is trying to be like Christ. Um, so, you know, we need to stop telling ourselves how to be better by being unlike something else and begin telling ourselves that, um, that we can be better by being like someone, like Christ, uh, son, uh, God the Son, because that's what he came for. Um, he came as an example. These things happen to serve in his example, as an example, as Paul says. And they were written down to instruct us on whom the end, ends of the ages have come. 
Um, so rather than um, you know focusing on how we need to be better than the, the Joneses, whether that's morally or um, materially, um, we need to be focusing on uh, being just like Christ, who we will not be better than. Um, but I think there's a lot of people who think they're standing, um, but in fact, who have fallen um, and don't realize that they are on the ground. They need to get up. They need to change their ways. Um, of course, I'm, I've got everything right. <laughs> a little bit of irony for you at the end. Um, I think that's the point is that we, as a people, individually and collectively, need to be looking at how we are, um, you know, kind of, you know, we're being hypocrites. How um, we, if we ever think that we're standing, that might be part of the problem, I suppose, is one way to put it. And that isn't to say to feel guilty about, you know, the, all these things that we think we've done, but to remember that humility is is a cardinal virtue for the church. Um, and that comes with um, the willingness to not just see, but to believe and to act and to embody uh, lives in which we rise up from above as opposed to looking down from uh, looking down on, on those who are below us or who we think are below us. A prayer of self-dedication from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and eternal God, so draw our hearts to you, so guide our minds, so fill our imaginations, so control our wills that we may be wholly yours utterly dedicated to you. And then use us, we pray you, as you will, and always to your glory and the welfare of your people, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.